the Rangers lose another incredibly frustrating one-run game in Houston, and Replay Review is once again targeting the Texas Rangers. All that and more on this episode of Locked on Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked on Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on to the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Patrick, a cripplingly addicted Texas Rangers fan since 2010, the founder and host for all five seasons of this Locked On Rangers podcast. Thank you all so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Patrick. You can follow the show at Locked On Rangers. Subscribe on YouTube where the best way you can help grow the show is to comment nearly any single thing below. Today is Wednesday, July 26th. Your Rangers are 59 and 43 alone in first place in the AL West with a paltry one game lead over those stupid stinking Houston Astros. Before we get into today's show, this episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. And the Rangers lose a 3-4 to four game to those stupid, stinking Houston Astros. And this was the most frustrating loss of the season, I'd say. There have been so many frustrating losses, including the last three one-run losses to the stupid, stinking Houston Astros. And this one is the most mind-boggling and frustrating of them all because of the way in which it happened. The Rangers have been, it feels targeted. It feels personal at this point with the amount of poor replay reviews that are going against them. There was, It's all started with the home plate blocking not blocking garbage rule that that MLB decided to enforce for literally two games this season and then uh, decided that nope actually it doesn't matter and the Rangers lost that game then Jonah Heim celebrated the next day with his headset celebration after hitting a massive home run against the White Sox and the Rangers ended up taking two out of three in that series but it feels like since then there have been absolutely no replay reviews go the Rangers way in the Monday night game the Rangers challenged a play at home plate where it looked pretty clear very similar to a play that happened on Tuesday that Kyle Tucker did not tag home plate. He was ruled safe on the field, but his leg was up. It was in the air. It did not touch home plate before he was tagged out by the catcher, Joan Heim. But replay review said, actually, no, it's fine. He scored. We don't have enough evidence to overturn it. That was the winning run. That was a one-run game, and that was the difference in the game. Now, the Rangers might have still gone on to lose, but still, that was an incredibly frustrating way to lose that game. You think, okay, well, the, the ruling on the field was that he was safe, and it even though it looked pretty clear and convincing, you got you got to have some really good evidence to overturn a call like that. Okay, fast forward to the very next day. Very, very similar play. Travis Jankowski hits a double into left field. Marcus Simeon's on first base, gets a great jump, gets sent around third base. There was just one out in the inning, so it would have been runners on second and third had Marcus Simeon not been sent to home plate. But you thought, okay, at that point, it's a four to one game. You got to get every single run that you can. And so Tony Beasley sent Marcus Simeon home, and he was called safe. He was called safe on the field. And then the Astros challenged it, as is their right. And they thought, actually, I don't know if he fully got his his foot on the plate. And you show you show a bunch of replay reviews, and you think, uh, I don't know, maybe he didn't, maybe he didn't. But it it's pretty close, and it doesn't look like there's anything by any means that's definitive to overturn it. And replay review said, 
nope, nope, this time, this time we have enough evidence. This time it's the exact same play, the exact same cameras, the exact same angles. And this time there is enough evidence to overturn it, but there wasn't the night before? What are you doing? Where is the consistency? Where is the sense of right and wrong, the justice? This is just absolutely insane. And the most insane part about all of these stupid, terrible, horrible, no good, very bad umpiring decisions, which don't even get me started on the umpiring zone from Monday night, which was just absolutely terrible as well. Maybe this is the same umpire that they threw in the booth to review this in New York. I don't think that's how it works, but, but still. It's just there's absolutely zero accountability. There will never be any questions about it. There will never be anyone who is forced to fess up and say, I made a mistake. I screwed up. This was the wrong call. Wow, we really botched it. And this is the whole point of replay reviews was to overturn stuff that is clear and convincing. And these are basically the exact same play. They looked almost identical. And if you overturn one and you don't overturn the other, both of them were called safe on the field. I just don't know how you can keep getting away with that. It's just absolutely mind-boggling. The Rangers ended up, you know, hitting a two-run homer that would have been a tying homer in the ninth inning. Maybe they wouldn't have if that happened. Maybe the inning would have kept going, and maybe they would have scored more runs in there. Or maybe everything would have gone to crap, and they wouldn't have. Mitch Garver wouldn't hit that two-run home run if this happened. It, it doesn't matter, but it really does matter because this is so incredibly frustrating and inconsistent and that is the worst and most mind-boggling part of all of it is that there is just nothing that's going to change you're just going to sit there and take it free umps for referees in every single sport for years there has never been any accountability for almost anything that any ump or ref has ever done in any sport ever the only time in baseball that I remember an ump even ever admitting that they got it wrong. I don't remember what the ump's call was, but the botched perfect game for Armando Galarraga. That's like the only time I think I've ever seen an umpire say, actually, yeah, I, I goofed that call. I messed it up and I wish I could take it back, but I can't. That That's literally all I'm asking for. I'm not asking for them to, you know open an audit investigation into the sanctity of umpires. I'm not saying that there is some grand conspiracy against the Texas Rangers because Jonah Heim did the headset review. I I'm not saying that that's the case. Maybe there is, but I, I don't think that's likely. I think it's just a lot of clear and obvious mistakes that have not been righted. And because these people have no accountability, they have, they have no reason to get better. They have absolutely no reason to get better or admit mistakes. And that is the most frustrating part of all of us is that nothing is going to change. You're going to have to suck it up and deal with it. And it will be terrible forever and nothing will ever get better. And everything sucks. That's just kind of the mood for the Texas Rangers right now. And this replay review really just kind of accentuated that feeling of everything sucks. Nothing's getting better. Just deal with it and live in the muck and the misery that is the Texas Rangers right now. This has been a frustrating series. The Rangers, I believe, have already lost the season series to the Houston Astros. If not, I think they have to win every single game that they play against them for the rest of the year to end up not losing the season series, which, again, that doesn't feel likely since the Wednesday game. It seems like the Astros are getting back Jordan Alvarez and Jose Altuve. Great. Awesome. Oh, and they have their ace on the hill versus the Rangers' number five starter. Cool. Awesome. That's definitely going to go the Rangers' way. But it just feels so incredibly def deflating and frustrating and trying to reconcile the difference between having this magical season and also they're wasting their chances is something that's really, really difficult about being a Texas Rangers fan right now. I'm going to get into that in just a second. And Cody Bradford stepping up big in a key moment. But first, this word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Sleeper. 
Want a chance to win more money with less picks? Head to Sleeper, where you can win up to 100 times your money on just two or more fantasy baseball picks. This Tonight, we have uh, Jordan Alvarez jumping back into the lineup. We also have Jose Atuvi jumping back to the lineup and against a lefty starting pitcher in the Rangers. If you wanted to win some money, you probably bet on Jose Altuve homering in the Astros, clubbing the Rangers because everything feels miserable right now, and, and maybe that's the chance. But if you want to win up to 100 times your money, make it feel a little bit better while the Rangers are losing and it's the best way to play daily fantasy baseball. Sleeper is now offering up to a 100 times payout for up to an 8-pick contest. Choose as many as 8 players that you like and pick more or less on your favorite baseball stacks, stats like home runs, strikeouts, hits, and more. Get your picks right and you could win big. So, use promo code Locked On and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. Shout out to the Everydayers for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. On Thursday's show, I'll be wrapping up this absolutely trash can of a series and looking ahead at what the Rangers need to do at the trade deadline. The Rangers take on the Astros this week. You can catch every pitch with the hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, the Rangers got a really good performance from Cody Bradford. Did almost almost everything that they needed him to. But the Raiders started an opener in Yuri Rodriguez in this one, which I thought is is fine. Cody Bradford was going to be on a limited pitch count because he has been coming in in random situations. He has not been on the strict starting schedule because Nathan Eovaldi had to be scratched in this one. But Bradford, for the most part, did his job. Five innings, six hits, two runs, both of them earned, both of them on solo home runs, three strikeouts, and no walks. That is what you're looking for in a guy coming in in a spot start. But Yuri Rodriguez comes in, Pitches a perfect first inning, and you think, okay, that's good. There you go. Way to go, Yuri Rodriguez. Job done. But no, he goes out there for a second inning, and that's when he gets into trouble. He allows a couple of base hits, a walk, um, a sack fly, and gives up two runs before the Rangers' actual primary pitcher for the game is even in it. And I just don't understand the thinking there. I really don't. He faced Alex Bregman, then Jose Altuve, Chaz McCormick, Yiner Diaz, Corey Jolks, and Martin Maldonado. And Bregman struggles struggles very mightily against left-handed pitching. So I thought, okay, so you face the first three hitters, you get them, and then you send Corey Bradford, Cody Bradford out there to face Alex Bregman and Jose Abreu and Chaz McCormick, who um, you know is the lighter of worlds on fire which he had an rbi double in this one because of course he did because Chaz mccormick is just the greatest hitter on planet earth apparently the astros can just turn some random nobody into one of the greatest hitters on planet earth it's fine it happens all the time and i am so freaking sick of it and this stupid team and the city of houston and their stupid juice box park i am just sick of all of it and i am ready for the rangers to stop playing them for a little while because it is driving me absolutely insane but the two home runs that Cody Bradford gave up were very, very different. One was predictable and acceptable, and it happens, and you can just brush it off. Kyle Tucker. Kyle Tucker has been destroyer of worlds for the last three weeks slash 18 years slash he just, I swear, I swear to goodness, he's just, he turns into literally the greatest player on earth when facing the Rangers, as does the other guy who homered off the Rangers, who is actually not a good player. Martin Maldonado had a multi-hit day, multi-extra base day, base hit day, a double and a homer from a guy with a 550 OPS. It is just so incredibly frustrating. It feels like he does this every single time to the point where I got so pissed off that I looked up what his career stats are against the Rangers. And turns out it wasn't just my random memory of the random home runs. It's just the Martin Maldonado. 
he only hits well against the Texas Rangers. In terms of teams he has played over 30 games against, the Rangers is the team he has the second highest OPS against. The only other team that he has a higher OPS against is, of course, the Pittsburgh Pirates. But against the Rangers, a guy with a career OPS that is in the 600-ish range, he has a 728 OPS against the Rangers. That is 32% better than his career average OPS. It's just... It's so incredibly frustrating getting beat by the worst hitter in baseball. He is the worst hitter in baseball. There is no doubt about it. It is His entire function is to be a good defensive catcher, and whatever offense you get from him is is bonus sprinkled in there. And it, it, the bonuses keep coming against the Texas freaking Rangers, and it is just so incredibly maddening. And the home run that he got, it wasn't even a cheapie. I think the Rangers might have challenged it to see if it actually hit off the foul, but, but there's no point. It was absolutely crushed, absolutely mashed in this one. One of the harder hit balls in this game, which is just so incredibly frustrating that this is what happened. He had two of the furthest hit balls, two of the three furthest hit balls in this game. The only one further hit was Mitch Garver's 420-foot home run to dead center field off of the Astros' closer, which made it a one-run game. But the Rangers even got really, really unlucky in this one, especially especially Ezekiel Duran. He was just so incredibly unlucky in this one, hitting the absolute crap out of baseballs and just could not get them to fall. His first at-bat came in the third inning. He had a 100-mile-an-hour lineup with a 690 expected batting average did not fall then he comes up later on in the game 107.4 miles an hour off the bat a 610 expected batting average that's a line out of course it is because why would it not be then he comes up again 101 miles an hour off the bat 510 expected batting average line out yet again and then comes up one more time of course he does 93.6 miles an hour um, a fly out, a 0. 0.000 expected batting average. That one was not stung as hard, but about 1.4 miles an hour from being another hard hit ball, but he still has an 0 for 4 day despite hitting the absolute tarnation out of some baseballs. And even the final play of the game, which again goes back to my Kyle Tucker vitriol of him just playing, making every single amazing play ever if any ball has ever hit him in right field especially late in the game especially if it is going to go over that wall in right field i swear he has robbed approximately 872 home runs i believe it is in his five-year career just against the texas rangers justin in that right field box and leo Tavares hit the absolute snot out of baseball 107.2 miles an hour off the bat 800 expected batting average and nope here comes stupid Kyle Tucker to ruin my day, ruin my evening, ruin my week, ruin my life. I am sick of you, Kyle Tucker. Please go away forever. Please stop. Just stop terrorizing the Texas Rangers. I have had enough. I have had so much more than enough. You have done enough against the Texas Rangers. Just, just stop it, okay? Just stop. Please stop. Please, please, please stop. The only consolation that I can ever provide of Kyle Tucker's incredibly frustrating nonsense is that my closest player comp to Evan Carter is Kyle Tucker. That is the closest that I've got to it. But I don't I don't think that um, Evan Carter is is going to hit the ball nearly as hard as Kyle Tucker. But, but still, it feels like a fairly solid comp of a guy who will just annoy the absolute crap out of, hopefully, out of Astros fans for the next several years as a Texas Ranger, or maybe he will be included in a trade for Shohei Otani in just a second. We're going to talk about why this season is so incredibly frustrating, why it's slipping through the Rangers' hands, and and how to reconcile those feelings of this season being incredibly great for the Rangers, but also feeling incredibly terrible right now. But first, let's word from our sponsors. 
Shout out to the Everydayers for making Locked On Raiders your first listen every single day on Friday's show. We'll be talking about what happened in the minors this week and have a special guest, Cam Cauley, coming on the show to talk about his season for low A and high A now. Thank you all so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. You can catch every pitch at the hometown broadcast for the Rangers versus Astros this week on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, this season has been great. It has been a lot of fun. The Rangers are in on top of the AL West for the moment alone atop the AL West. And maybe as you're listening to this, they are tied atop the AL West. But still, they cannot lose the AL West lead, even if they get swept, which seems very likely, to this stupid, stinking Houston Astros team. But, 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 but. There is a lot of frustration on Rangers Twitter right now, and it feels frustrating to be frustrated with that frustration, but that's kind of where I am right now. But also, those feelings are incredibly valid, and this season has been just weird. It has been so incredibly weird. So many things have gone right, so many things have gone wrong. It has just been a season of extremes, which is bringing out extreme feelings in the YouTube comments and the Twitter posts and the tweets and the zeets and the whatever else is out there on the social media sphere but this team should be better it should be better and it feels weird and arrogant and you know braggadocious to say that but i mean their expected wins rock wins loss record shows that their pythagorean record has them should be five games better than they are right now so if they were five games better than they are right now and they weren't losing all of these stupid one-run games, which I thought was a problem that was mostly in the past, but it appears one-run games will haunt the Rangers for forever, and it doesn't matter if they add a you know, multi-time all-star closer, one of the hardest-throwing guys in the history of the game, he's still going to blow a three-run lead in Houston because, of course, it's the stupid Astros, and of course they are, because why not? It doesn't matter what happens to the Astros. This is the year the Rangers should be taking off. They've gotten a lot of breaks. Thankfully, most of the team has been very, very healthy. They have avoided some major injuries with John Gray twice that it felt like he should be out for the year, but still came back and didn't even take an IL stint. Thankfully, they have not had any major injuries to Nathan Evaldi yet and we will we'll see what happens the next time he comes out if the velocity comes back they haven't had any injuries to Andrew Heaney who has been very injury prone in his career they only got five starts of Jacob DeGrom but still it feels like for the most part this team has been catching a lot of breaks plus not to mention the breakouts of Josh Young and Ezekiel Duran and Leo Tavares all being fantastic versions of himself and Jonah Heim being an all-star catcher and continuing that first half production from last year and not yet falling off cliff. It feels like he is, you know, building throughout the season. They haven't even gotten a whole lot from their supposed everyday DH the guy who I thought was going to be the everyday DH in Mitch Garver. He's missed time due to injury, but he's provided his moments um, in bunches and including that big, big two run Homer, which again, is why he should be playing a lot. And Trash Jankowski's come out of nowhere to have an 800-plus OPS and an on-base over 400. Like, that that was not something that could ever be expected. Plus, Nathan Eovaldi was an all-star. He is the best version of himself. He is having a career season, and all these things just keep breaking right, but they're just not quite enough. Even with the Astros, having all these things break wrong, having a lot of missed time from Jose Altuve and from Jordan Alvarez and from having three pitchers on the IL for basically the entire season and for Jeremy Pena taking huge steps back and for more than half the season, Alex Bregman being mid, Kyle Tucker being mid, their entire lineup being mid, Jose Abreu being just straight up bad and getting to the point where he is almost mid at this point. And still, 
those stupid stinking Houston Astros will not go away. It feels like this team should have run away with this division, but they just can't quite do it. And it's it's a young team, mostly. It's a lot of guys who, I mean, they're not all that young, but this group has not been together for very long. I mean, this core, I mean, your, your two core pieces of Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager, both of them have only been here for this is their second season. The entire pitching staff, almost the entire pitching staff, is basically brand new. John Gray's been here for a year. Martin Perez has only been back for two years now. Dane Dunning has been around for three, four seasons now. I think it's, I think it's three seasons. Um, but every else is is brand spanking new, and it's just taking this time, this team, a bit to gel. And it felt like this was the year where you're going for just make the playoffs, just kind of get in there, get your feet wet, and then next year you go all in, you know, all your chips in, everything on the table. But this year, and I said it on yesterday's episode, and there are a lot of people who pushed back when I said there's not a team in the AL that really super scares me right now. Even the Houston Astros, who the Rangers keep losing to in these one-run games, and I, I don't think it's because they're scared of the Astros. I think they're just getting these bad breaks, and they are not playing well, and just a bunch of things are conspiring against them. And the Astros are just really freaking good. But the Astros keep having these bad breaks. They keep having these slumps. And it feels like this is the time to go absolutely all in. There's been a lot of whisperings and rumblings that the Rangers are going to be one of the most aggressive teams at the trade deadline. And I think they absolutely should be. You're getting Jacob deGrom back next year, maybe. You don't know what version you're getting. You don't know when you're getting him back. And so this is the year you are leading. You have one of the best records in the American League. The Rays have their faults. The Orioles are only going to keep getting better. The Astros are not going to have this bad of injury luck next year again. And this is your year to push all your chips in. I mean, we've seen how short these windows can be at times. We have seen how randomly and quickly those competitive windows can shut. In 2016, that team looked like it was primed to be great for years and years to come. But by 2017, they were already selling off pieces. They traded Hugh Darvish midseason. They traded Cole Hamels the very next season for absolutely nothing. I mean, Adrian Belcher retired not much after that. And then just all these different prospects that they thought were going to be stars and grow into the next wave in Nomar Mazzara and Ruben Odor and Joey Gallo, who held up his end of the bargain, but the rest of the team did not. It, it just fell apart so, so quickly. And you don't get this chance every single year. You don't get to keep being this good every single year. And if they go push all their chips in for an Otani, for a couple other rentals, for a couple other bullpen pieces, then this feels like the year to do it. I mean, the Dodgers are having a down year for themselves. They are also experiencing a lot of pitcher injuries. The, the Braves are also experiencing a lot of pitcher injuries. It feels like literally everybody is because that's just kind of what pitchers do even the best ones like Jacob deGrom but this is the year for the Rangers pushing all their chips in I know it's going to hurt for if they do trade for Otani whatever they give up it's going to be really really painful and maybe this is the time to trade Ezekiel Duran because maybe he's not this good I think he is and if he is this good and he's on your division rival for the next few years and we've seen what he's done against the team the other team that traded him against the the Yankees and he has absolutely mashed them you give him that extra fire plus whatever prospect other prospects that you throw in that might turn out to be very good it could be very very painful but going all in on a year like this feels like a necessary thing to do it is slipping away for the Rangers and it is not going to get all that much easier the Rangers have a pretty tough schedule in August they do start out with six nine actually decently 
easy games. The Fish are, are not doing well. They have three at home against the White Sox, then three at home against the Marlins, who are struggling a bit right now, but still a decent team. Then they travel to Oakland for the last time this season, play three games at the Coliseum, maybe the last three games that they'll ever play at the Coliseum. Actually, um, yeah, nope. They play the A's one more time in September at home. But still, then they have three against the Giants that are tough, three against the Angels, which at that point, who knows if Shohei Otani is still on the roster, three against the Brewers, two against the D-backs, four against the Twins in Minnesota, which is a pretty decent team with incredible starting pitching and the offense starting to heat up. Then they finish the month with three against the Mets. But the Astros have a very easy schedule for this month. They've got three games against the Guardians coming, actually two games against the Guardians coming up, then four on the road against the Yankees, three on the road against the Orioles. But after that, it gets a whole lot easier. They've got a series against the Angels, against the Marlins, against the Mariners, against the Red Sox, the Tigers, and the Red Sox yet again. But then it gets even easier for the Astros later on in the next month. They play against the Yankees, against the Padres, against the A's. They've got six games against the Royals in the month of September and three games against the A's. That is huge for the Astros. That is absolutely huge. Whereas the Rangers in September, it gets a little bit harder than that. They've got that big series in the first full week of September against the Astros at home. That is, it feels like that's going to be what decides the division at this point. But the Rangers will have a bunch more games against playoff teams. They'll have another three-game series against the Twins. They do have a three-game series against the A's. Then they'll play against the Blue Jays for four games in Canada. That's going to be tough. They're playing against the Guardians, the Red Sox, the Mariners, the Angels, and then they end the season with four games in Seattle against the Mariners, which who knows if they'll be trying to do anything at that point. You can only hope that they won't be, because if they are, then that is going to be a very, very difficult series. The Rangers have handled the, the Mariners so far this season, but it is by no means an easy schedule, and it feels like the Astros definitely have the edge there. So the Rangers need some big moves. They need something. They need multiple moves at this trade deadline to kind of boost this team, kind of rejuvenate this team. They have got all the pieces to, you know, make a run, but it's not quite there. They, ha I should say they have most of the pieces to make a run. They have the hardest piece. They have the manager in place who's been there. They have a couple of decent starting pitchers and some okay, a couple of good starting pitchers and a couple of okay starting pitchers and a lineup that is incredibly deep and talented and clicking for the most part, they have a faulty bullpen with a couple of guys that are trustworthy and good. You can only hope that Josh Boris comes back to be the best version of himself. Hopefully comes back this weekend because the Rangers desperately need any bullpen help that they can get, especially when they're trotting Yeri Rodriguez out there for a couple innings. Um, it's just a sign that not everything is going super well. By the way, they also threw in Josh, not Josh Boris, um, Spencer Howard at the end there for a perfect inning. He brought his ERA down from, I believe it was 135 to 27 on the year with a perfect inning. Good for Spencer Howard. Good to see him back out there. We'll see if he can stay in this bullpen, but it feels like just a revolving door of relievers at this point because things have been an absolute mess in there. It feels like everything has been an absolute mess there. It's it's hard to juggle those two perspectives of everything's going really well, but also everything is terrible. And it is a tough time, a weird time to be a Texas Rangers fan. So just take the good with the bad. I kind of missed these games that were absolutely agonizing every single pitch every single moment is just excruciating agony i love it i hate it it's amazing it's the best time to be a rangers fan it is the worst time to be a rangers fan but i'm going to enjoy every second of it even the miserable seconds because it is so 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 much better 
than a terrible team where absolutely nothing matters at this point in the season. I will take the frustrating, agonizing one-run losses in Houston over the 30-run losses in Houston where nothing matters and the season's already done and I'm not even checking the major league scores because I just care about the prospects because the future is all that matters. This team, the present matters right now. Every game matters. Even when they're frustrating, it is still, like I said, much better than mediocrity or not caring at all. That's going to do it for today's show. Thank you all so much for listening and subscribing. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy first place Texas Rangers baseball.